Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Eurowatch. Money FM 89.3. It is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker. It's time now for Eurowatch, taking a look at some key headlines from the European region. Earlier this week, EU and Chinese officials gathered for the 10th China-European Union High-Level Economic and Trade Dialogue in Beijing. Now, the High-Level Economic and Trade Dialogue was held in person in Beijing for the first time since the COVID-19 pandemic. Experts have noted that the successful holding of this dialogue and the relatively constructive tone following the meeting sends a positive signal for the world. Uh, all this on the back of a severe global economic downturn and, of course, a series of other challenges. So we're going to take a look at all of this, including that uh, word that keeps coming up, de-risking. Yeah, we'll dive into that in just a sec. On the line with me is Dr. Chayetao Lu, who is Senior Lecturer and the Academic Director of the Master of Science and Strategy and Innovation at the NUS Business School's Department of Strategy and Policy. Uh, Dr. Chai, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Thanks, love, for taking the time. So let's start off with this uh, 10th annual meeting between the EU and China. I suppose, broadly speaking, where do we go from here in terms of Europe and China sort of dialing down all these trade tensions? What are your thoughts on this? I think it would be a contentious meeting. So both sides would have to probably deal with the easing of market access in terms of international trade. Recently, um, the European Union has cited the historical bilateral trade deficit they have with China to be a severe concern. And recently, they have voiced out the concern over Chinese EV. And it has been quite a thorny issue. Yeah. They are, are investigating whether to impose tariffs on Chinese vehicles. So um, all this concern, I, I, I personally, I don't expect this issue to be addressed and resolved immediately. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad that they're having at least an open dialogue after many years. Yeah. And without this dialogue, the risk of a superpower split would be quite high. Yeah, you just like a lot of other experts are saying that this is uh, some kind of a positive development at least, right? Uh, China's expressed strong dissatisfaction with the EU's anti-subsidy investigation over China's electric vehicles. You briefly touched on that. What kind of stumbling block are we looking at? How big of a stumbling block would it be as far as the EU-China ties go or just let things develop and take its course? What are your thoughts? So in terms of trade negotiation, these are usually the thorny issues, especially when there's a industry from a particular country that had had a, a first movie advantage. It's not clear whether it's coming from subsidy or meaningful efficiency that they have. So it sort of happened in the past with the Chinese solar panels. Mm. And we saw the severe drop in the, the price of the Chinese solar panels. It wasn't even clear that it's coming from the subsidies. So... And what is really strange in this case is that um, the the issue is doesn't only apply to Chinese, but also non-Chinese brand made in China, which okay. is uh, so uh, European manufacturers, including two European manufacturers. So it's, it's really not clear at this stage whether the European industry, they're trying to buy some time mm. because it's quite clear that the Chinese industry have a first mover advantage and they are taking a full, the, the Chinese manufacturers, they're taking full advantage of the ecosystem that they have in terms of research and development. So it's, it's too premature, I, I would assume, but they, I suspect that there will be some quid pro quo okay. in terms of market access. And I hope it things doesn't escalate it, um, you know, that we impose additional tariffs. It would be quite bad for the global economy. 
Yeah, and, and there's also everyone trying to read the sort of tone that's being expressed at these meetings. I mean, one of it, China cautioning the EU to tread lightly and maintain a free and open market. They're saying it'll ex- expand imports from Europe and hopes the EU will remove restrictions on high tech to China. I'm sure the US will have something to say at this point. But how important is this issue and the chances of it going favorably? I think in terms of economic terms, I think the chances are quite high. And there will be, as I said earlier, there will be probably a lot of quid pro quo from both parties. And to be frank, ultimately, both parties can gain a lot from removing uh, barriers to trade. And in terms of efficiency, I think it will be very unwise from both parties not to take full advantage of what what the comparative advantage has to offer. And I was just reading some report from the International Monetary Fund. Right? They, su- they suggest that the number of trade restrictions imposed in 2023 last year was five times the number imposed a decade ago. Okay. So the economy has been hit with severe economic, health, political shocks for the past few years. So I do expect and I, I think from both parties will be very wise to, to have stronger cooperation. And it would pose uh, a brighter outlook for the global economy for the years to come. Mm. Uh, Doctor, let's move on to Poland and Ukraine. Uh, Talks seem to be on track after grain import ban. So I suppose this is going to help as far as uh, those disputes that have been going on. Um, How did we get to this point, though, Doctor? (laughs) It's um, it's a lot of development in the recent case. Yeah. So uh, just to uh, read, I'm trying to catch up with the news. Yeah, so the European yeah. Union decided to end a, an import ban of Ukrainian grain in, I think, five uh, countries. And so Poland and then Hungary and then Slovakia, they have decided to to end this ban quite unilaterally. And it is quite tricky because uh, that was an attempt to protect their own local farmers, but they are a member of the European Union. And the European Union had consolidated the international trade policy. So I, in terms the legal jargon is not even clear to me what what's going to happen. And then Ukraine has filed a, a complaint before the World Trade Organization. And then Poland say, well, we're no longer supplied um, assistance to in, in the current uh, conflict. So there are a lot of things going on. And I, I think things will resolve, I would hope, uh, yeah. things will resolve pretty fast in, in the days to come. Yeah, yeah. What does this mean for the war, though, especially for Russian President Vladimir Putin? I think in economic terms and uh, at least mili- in, sure. in, in terms of military support, I think uh, Ukraine would take a hit. But it's not clear to me. I think it's still premature to me whether this threat are real. And I, sus- I, suspect, I suspect that this sort of uh, geopolitical game would resolve rather quickly yeah. since there are a lot, there's a lot at stake. So I suspect uh, there will be a lot of talk and sometimes uh, the threats uh, sometimes may not be credible. And I think from a, the European perspective, they also don't want to add uh, further ammunition to in, the, in, the, in the conflict. So I, I, I suspect that they would sit down together and try to resolve this rather quickly mm-hmm. and find a resolution um, pretty, pretty fast. All right. Uh, I've been speaking with Dr. Chai Tao Lu, who is Senior Lecturer and the Academic Director of the Master of Science in Strategy and Innovation at the NUS Business School's Department of Strategy and Policy. Dr. Chai, I appreciate your time today. Take care and have a great Thursday evening. Thank you. You too. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.